0: For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Come On You Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. It's three up top this evening and that means lean the line from the front around the captain's armband is Carl. So Carl, hope all is well mate. How have you been since we last spoke?
0: Yeah, all good thanks Dan. You know, getting them them minutes in on the training ground now and these couple of extra games just before the season starts should have us all ready. So uh, looking forward to this one mate.
1: Glad to hear. Also back for a bit of pre-season training this week is James. James, how have you been these past seven days?
2: Yeah, very well. Very well, thank you. Uh, Yesterday was my my first game, my first actual football match since December 2019. Wow. So, yeah, it was was good to be back. Very good to be back at the lane. Uh, And yeah, lovely to have some normality back again.
1: Well, we'll get to that in a bit in terms of the mind series. But also, we've got a familiar voice back in the fold as we all look to get match fit before Sunday. It's the return of Holly. So, Holly, it's your first appearance of the season. It's been a while. But how have you been, my friend?
3: Yeah, not too bad. Obviously the Euros was good fun. It'd be good to get back to talking about Tottenham. But yeah, no, I need to get some minutes under my belt, I think.
1: Well, glad to have you on board. Of course, there are plenty of slots available throughout the season, as I said last week. If you want to be on the show, get in touch with me. That's on Twitter at Dan tracy We'd love to have as many voices on the show as possible this season. Right, let's get the social media bits out of the way so we can dissect the last week and more in full. As always don't forget to subscribe to the Common News app where the podcast is available each and every Tuesday morning. You can, of course, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at C-O-Y-S underscore C-O-M. We're on all the major audio platforms, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. If we're not on one, let me know. I'll get it sorted for you. And if you listen on Apple, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating. Right, let's get down to business. And that business sees us once again return to our talisman, who himself has finally returned to training. Now, Cole, last week, I offered up this opening statement in terms of Kane and the end game. And we kind of came to the conclusion that it was the end game. Seven days down the line, has your stance changed at all?
0: No, I don't think so, Dan, to be honest. I I think, you know, I I don't think it's a secret. I think Harry does want that move. Um, I think there is a desire that he wants to go and play at City and have the chance to go and win things. Um, I guess the question now is, is whether he's kind of tried to force it the way that everyone seems to think he was trying to force it or whether or not the fact is that actually, you know, it was always known when he was coming back to training. But even still... No matter what the outcome here is, I I ultimately think that Harry probably does want to go and go off to City and win things because obviously, yes, he will be guaranteed um it 's just the manner in which it 's going to be done, but ultimately, I still think the end game for Harry is to get that move, whether it be before the season starts, which i don 't think it will be now um but I think we' probably get this first game out of the way um where obviously we you know today we we hear he might be involved. Whether or not that's the case, I don't know. But I think we'll look to get this first game out of the way with City. And then I wouldn't be surprised if something happens just before that, just before the window ends.
1: So, James, I guess the biggest talking point when it comes to all things Kane is the statement that was released by him at the end of last week. What did you make of the message that was put out? Do you feel there's a hint of backtracking in all of this?
2: Yeah, that, that, that's, that's completely the idea I got, was that... Was that um... Obviously, this was some kind of ploy. The no training thing was some kind of ploy to to force Tottenham's hand and uh, and and show how how serious he actually was wanting a move. And I, I said last week on the pod, I think he's been terribly mismanaged. I think you know whoever's whoever's idea that was 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 a terrible idea because you know that's not the way to go about your business if you if you're working with Daniel Levy. Uh, and and when that statement came out, I think um, a lot of people were thinking the same thing in that. You know, this it, it was the I think it was a Friday evening that, that that statement came out, and and he he first hadn't turned up to up to training on Monday, so they'd had five days to come out and address that that Harry wasn't training, and and if it was something completely harmless, like it's like that statement suggested, then they could have saved a lot of you know an awful lot of time and an awful lot of hassle by just saying something on on Monday when 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 he didn't turn up to training, so. I think they they've probably hit the point where they've realised that maybe City aren't going to push for Kane as much as, as as they could have, or enough that's necessary to to get the move. Um, I think you know seeing that the Grealish uh, was officially announced as a City player, you know the the hundred million paid in full. I think that that probably played quite a big part because I think City, are, although they're not struggling for funds, I think they're unlikely to. To pay both figures in the same window, I think I think they'd have a few difficulties there. So I think, yeah, it's it, there is a hint of uh, backtracking and and you know the, the, especially the part about you know loving the supporters and, and and things like that. I think I think we could see a little bit of groveling from Harry over the next year, but I, I don't think it changes you know he, what he wants. I think he, you know if, if we if he got the move, he'd, he'd be gone in a flash. Um, but I think he's also preparing for another season at Tottenham, and he knows that it's going to be a very, very long year if if he doesn't remain on the fans' good side. I think he, he's also he's lost a lot of supporters already. Um, but there's also a lot of people out there, just like myself, actually, who who I'll still cheer Harry on when, when he's when he's playing in a Spurs shirt. Um, but there'll also be that 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 tinge of you know a tinge of sadness that that we know that he doesn't particularly want to be here. But in terms of the statement, yeah, I think I think he uh, he's probably backtracking a little bit.
1: Now, holes. of course, I'd like to get your take on all things HK because you've had an extra week to dissect it all. We had a chat about this last week. So I want your two weeks worth of input on this. With the benefit of hindsight, do you think he and his brother could have dealt with this a whole lot better?
3: I think so, to an extent. But then you've also got to think he has probably had a chat with Daniel Levy and the board. And we all kind of know how those chats kind of go. He kind of gets dismissed, put under the carpet. So on Monday, when obviously he didn't turn up to training, I kind of sat there and thought, I'd probably do the same thing, make a statement and then turn up the next day. And then the fact that he didn't turn up again, I was a bit like, all right, mate, I think you're kind of pushing your luck here a bit. Because we all know what Daniel Levy's like. He's probably digging his heels in, which we all know he is anyway. So in that kind of point, I think it was bad management from Harry and the team. But again, I think the statement that then came out throughout the week Harry's the man that always deems himself in professionalism and if you see everyone on social media gunning for him surely he would have came out and said something sooner I think that's the thing that's really like sticking in the back of my head and me sitting and thinking yeah I think he's trying to backtrack now because why leave it until Grealish has been announced he's got the number 10 shirt for me I think that was a bit of a kick in the teeth so yeah like like James said I don't think I'm going to sit here and not cheer Harry on I just think The way he's gone about it, I don't necessarily begrudge him for taking that first day off training, but to consistently do it and then wait to announce it to all the fans. It's just one massive coincidence, I think, and it's just a bit sus. So, yeah, hindsight is a wonderful thing. But in this case, I don't think it's really helped matters. Carl, at the same time,
1: could the club have nipped this in the bud a lot earlier? Because towards the end of the week, we're kind of seeing messages or tweets from sources saying that actually... This was all part of the plan. It was agreed by the club. Is there no smoke without fire? Or have the club been caught napping in this situation?
0: I think, like as we say, there's no smoke without fire, isn't there? And let's face it, when this came out, if Harry wasn't expected back um, the day that everyone thought he was, then I don't really, you know, you don't really understand why... he or the club wouldn't come out on that first day and just say well listen you're all getting a little bit excited over nothing here because harry's not due back until x day he's been given some extra time off so you're actually going to try and report on a non story here and and the reason you would do that is one you know for the club's benefit because obviously you don't want the club getting that sort of press and secondly you'd protect your player wouldn't you if if you know if the guy is your you know, one of your biggest players and biggest assets, and you think he's going to come under a lot of unnecessary heat, then you'd protect that player, wouldn't you? Because you want him to be happy and you don't want him stressed. So there's something not right about it. Because as you say, why on that first day did the club not come out? Did Harry not come out and say, well, hang on, this is a non story here? So there's got to be something in it. Now, who we believe. Who knows? As You say this could be Harry realising, oh, hang on, maybe this isn't actually going to come off the way I thought it was going to come off. Time to get back in. Something not right about it, though. You know, you had Nuno potentially saying, well, you know, we haven't spoke to him. We'll have to deal, you know, we'll have to speak to him when he comes back, which kind of gave an indication that, well, we don't know when he's coming back. We was expecting him back. So there's, there's something not right about the whole thing. And it's left a bad taste. it has kind of turned supporters and and gotten them questioning. They don't know what to what who to believe, what to trust. I think it's very split. a lot of people still on Harry's side. a lot of people are kind of saying, "No, that's it. we're kind of done with him. You know if he stays, I think it would you know it would only take a couple of games and him scoring a couple of goals for everyone to kind of fall back in love with him because let's face it, we all love him, we all want him to stay. But I think there's also a side of us that all knows if he does go, we couldn't blame him. Um, but, yeah, there's something not right here. And you do sort of think if this was a non-story, both parties would have nipped this in the bud. Um You know, we've still got this stuff about the gentleman's agreement, haven't we? And the fact that, you know, maybe he feels he's been let down. But as I said last week, I don't care whether there was a gentleman's agreement or not. At no point can you be telling me that Daniel Levy would have said, yes, Harry, I'll let you go on the cheap, even if we don't qualify for the Champions League levy knows what asset he's got there and knows how much in the current market that asset is worth and at no point would he have said you can leave for less than a hundred million pound given what english players go for and especially those that go for when they're at the top of the game so you may have had a gentleman's agreement but i'm pretty sure it was still you can go if the right offer comes in and we're yet to see that that offer is probably coming
1: well, I'll get to an offer in a moment and a kind of theory behind that. But before that, James, I want to ask you about Sky Sports. Do you think they've made the best use of this story or perhaps even non-story? Because really, they've been desperate to sell Harry Kane themselves over the course of seasons, not even this kind of summer break that we've had. So have they added fuel to the fire and then simply sat back and watched the well burn?
2: Yeah, definitely. I th- I think when when you break it down, I think it's it's probably very simple, you know. Yeah, yes, Daniel Levy probably did say to Harry last last season, you know, if if the right team comes in, or if say Man City come in and and they pay the the money that we think you're worth, then I'll let you go. And the the simple facts are that that Man City haven't coughed up what Tottenham value Harry Kane at, and that and it's as simple as that. There's probably nothing nothing more to it. Yes, Harry wants to leave, but. Since when has a player's desire to leave ever, ever, you know, got in the way of uh, of Daniel Levy? You know, he's either going to get what, what he believes the player is worth, or he's not going to sell because Harry Kane is, is a multi-million pound asset. And why would we weaken? And yes, Sky Sports are absolutely desperate for for Harry to to go to City in the same way that they were desperate for for Grealish to go. Um, but they'll also be the first ones to preach that that you know City have, have, have bought the league and, and things. So that you know it's 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 bad news. sales. they can see how much it's annoying Tottenham fans and football fans in particular that that um, that Harry Kane wants to go to Man City and and they they're going to keep on you know, they're going to keep on poking that. Um, but but for me, you know, I, I, I've watched Sky Sports today and and there was a couple of very good points made in that. Even if Tottenham did get offered 160 million pound, now I, I I still don't think we've got a very good deal, just because it's so late in the day. Uh, that it, we you know we're right at the end of the transfer window, and also we, we're at the, the the absolute pits of our pulling power at the moment. We've got no Champions League football. We don't. We're not necessarily an attractive team to to players. Who who are we gonna? Who would we spend that 160 million pound on? There's, there are. I don't see anyone out there who's a direct replacement, or you know, we'd be taking a lot of risks. It'd be very much bail money. You know, you'd be going off players who are very good abroad, but the fact that they're you know not necessarily they haven't played in the Premier League before would mean that it's a massive risk, and so I don't see you know an outcome for, for Spurs that is good if we sell Kane. I think, and if and if Daniel Levy is looking at it that same way, then he'll say. Well, look. Let's keep hold of him because at the end of the day, like like Kyle says, once he knocks two or three goals in at the start of the season, all will be forgiven. And I, you know, top, f- football fans are, f- are fickle, not just Spurs fans. As soon as he knocks a few goals in, all will be forgiven. He'll he'll be the best thing in the world again. And I'm sure it'll be very much the same for him. He wants City right now because he's seeing the the attention that Grealish is getting, he's seeing the money that Grealish is getting, but he's seeing. You know, uh, uh, hundreds of fans lining lining the streets of Manchester to to say hi to their their brand new signing, and and he probably wants to be on the end of that. But again, just like us fans, two or three games into the season, when he's when his name's being being chanted in in that that sixty thousand seat stadium, and and you know, I, I genuinely believe that we've got a good season ahead of us as well with with the squad that we've put together. Um, I think he, he'll he'll forget too. And he'll, he'll get his head down and he'll have a very good season. Uh, but the only, the only thing is then, you know, the likelihood is that we're going to be back in this situation next summer and certainly the summer after that when, he's, when his contract is running down. But um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I'm, I'm ready, to, ready to stop talking about it. Whether he goes or whether he stays, I am very much ready to stop talking about it now.
1: Well, there's a couple more questions, so we're not done just yet. Holly, if you believe some quarters as of today, that being Monday when we record, the word is that talks have been positive between... Kane and the club and a new contract could be milling about with a release clause attached to that. So is this a way to break the logjam that we find ourselves in as our Tottenham supporters? Could it be the win-win for all parties in the short term at least?
3: Possibly. I think that's the thing. We, we bang on about all the time. it has been going on for too long now, whether Kane wants to stay or whether he wants to go. Maybe having a new contract that has a release clause on it, A, it'll keep Daniel Levy happy because he's got at least hit a minimum wage amount for him to go and two Harry gets his move that he wants so I think that's probably the best way to move forward like we said at the moment it's just all up in the air we don't know who to believe we don't know whether to believe Harry it's come from his mouth but again is it necessarily the truth you don't know the club again never really say anything to any extent of truth really so it's really difficult so I think maybe if this is the way forward I'm all for it because again it gives us clarity and it kind of gives us a vision okay this is what's going on now If he wants to leave, it's got to be this minimum bid. It's like all things, this gentleman agreement. It's too wishy-washy. Nobody knows. Whereas if it's down on the paper in writing, both parties kind of know where they're heading. So I think it's a brilliant idea.
1: Okay then, Carl, let's say there is no short-term win-win for all parties and City are still lurking in the shadows between now and the end of the transfer window. I put this theory to social media on Friday. It got a mixed reception, but there was some merit in it all the same. So for the listeners who didn't see it, I propose that Tottenham should be really setting their stall out quite ludicrously high. Almost a deterrent, but with an inkling to say, OK, if business is to be done, let's do it this way. Of course, there's no release clause in Kane's contract at the moment, so you can almost set your own figure. So I put this forward. I'd said £100 and Laporte and Bernardo Silva and maybe subsidising their wages if need be. Now, will that happen? Probably not. But, Carl, at the same time, Tottenham shouldn't be just rolling over and saying, yeah, we'll take 120. They should be setting their stall out. And if they need to say to Man City, piss off, then say it.
0: Yeah, uh, and I I completely agree with you, Dan. You know, I think last week I said one of the things I'd really want to see from this, if you're the club and, you know, Harry has has made it clear he wants to go, is I would have been firm and said, well, OK, if this is what you want, we don't want this to drag on into the season um, where we're still, you know, coming the end of the transfer window and two or three games in, we're none the wiser. The bottom line is, if you want to go, you can go. City, if you want him, this is the price. It's £160 million in cash or, you know, as such. Or, like as you say, Dan, it's £100 million up front and you throw in Laporte and Bernardo Silva and, yes, I'm all for the fact that, you know, if it means you subsidise some of their wages as well. Um, and that's it. That That's what it's got to be. And if you don't like it, make a decision because... We're giving you a week or two weeks at most to get this done and dusted. We're not going to stand in anyone's way, but this is the offer. So don't come to us with anything less. Don't try and come with ninety-five mil or a hundred mil with some bonuses add on. This is what it is. You either take it or leave it now. And in that way, you can say to Man City, we've made it very clear to you where we stand. You can have the player, but this is what it is. You've also made it clear to Harry. Listen, we're prepared to let you go, but we're going to. Keep get what we think the value is worth and we need to make sure that the club have got suitable replacements or if you like replacements in that may help make us a little bit stronger possibly um, to go into the season where we need to be. Um, so we're not standing in your way. This is now a question of how much that club actually want you and value you and get this done and dusted so that at least come, you know, the start of the season or at least by two games in, Everyone knows where they stand. If City don't come up with the offer, then you say, the deal's done, the deal's off. There's, you know, there's no deal happening now. Whether you come back in January or whether you have to wait one more season, that's what it is. At least that way, everyone knows there's no limbo. The player knows where he stands, the club knows where they stand. And so more importantly, do the supporters, because that will kind of help, you know, it helps us. We sit there and go, well, OK. It's either going to be make or break, and we'll see within the next week or so. But what we don't need for the club, you know, for for the club mainly, is some long, drawn-out saga um, where we end up not getting what we want. And come the last day, you've either got a player who's now still unhappy that he's with you, or you've ended up letting him go for the money that you don't want. We should be. You know, we have got on our hands right now if not, arguably, the best striker in world football. You know, so why should we let him go just because Man City want him? It's not the case. You know, yes, you're a big club, but so are we, and we want proper money for the going rate for this sort of player. We've seen the sort of transfers that have gone on in the past, Neymar, players like that, and their value. We want equal because we've got a player who's on an equal footing to them. So, yeah, either pay up or off you trot.
1: If only it was that simple. But James, of course, the season does start on Sunday. If you were offered to me a percentage figure, what percent chance do you think Harry Kane will feature at any stage against City?
2: Um, well, that's a hell of a question. Obviously, I, is, does that matter which which colour shirt he's in? Oh, actually, I didn't <laughs> think of that. Let's say it
1: Tottenham colours.
2: <laughs> okay. Um. No, I, I think it's I think it's pretty fifty okay. fifty. Um I, I I know that's 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 a pretty wishy washy answer. No, no. But I, 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 I genuinely think that it, it, he won't be involved from the start. That that's a that's my my nailed-on thought. If he does if he does get involved, I think it'll be from the bench. Um, but uh, I, yeah, it, it's it's fifty-fifty. Just because I I think this is a very a very important week to to see what happens um, in in terms of how much time he gets with the actual team. I, I genuinely think that the issue for this weekend. Is not the um, you know the the transfer saga or this that, and the other. I genuinely think it'll be how much time he gets training with with the actual team, um, because I think you know the, I think Nuno has obviously implemented quite quite a lot of new stuff with with the lads. And so if Harry's missed out on on that, then I think he's probably he might be a missing piece in the jigsaw. But to come later down the line rather than rather than this first weekend um i think nuno has been fairly consistent with his with his um pre-season selections and i think we could see a team that's that's fairly similar to to that i think he will go with the teams that, that that have been playing together um and and if harry is to, is to come on it'd be it'd be a, a cameo kind of at, at the end of the game um dread to think what the score will be <laughs> at that point but um but obviously yeah we've we've got a long season so i think he'll he'll be integrated pretty quickly but i think this weekend will just come that little bit too soon for him
1: OK, then, Holly, let's use the same percentage basis for the next question, that being, if I was to ask you, a percentage figure between 1 and 100, what chance do you see Kane still wearing Tottenham colours by September?
3: Ooh, September, oh my word. Um, I think with this word about this new contract and release clause, I think that'll kind of settle the waters a bit. I think, obviously, I keep saying, I think Harry holds himself against professionalism. I think this week he's kind of ruined that a tad, ruined his image a little bit. So I think that kind of on the horizon, not necessarily on the table, I think, percentage-wise, I reckon about 70%. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be confident about it, just in the fact of the way he carries himself.
1: You've gone bold. Wow. I would have said a roughly, I don't know, 40% chance. But I'll take 70 I like those odds. I like them quite a lot. Let's move away from Kane, though. But Carl, I want to stay on the topic of transfers. And I'm going to use this percentage metric one more time for you. How miffed are you on a scale of 1 to 100 that Danny Ings is signed for Aston Villa? Because I know you were championing him for quite a while and me and James had to check that you were all right when the news broke.
0: Unbelievable. Uh, 100% shocked. (laughs) I couldn't believe it that day it came out. I mean, what what a signing for Aston Villa, you know. Um, And as I, you know, I, I strongly believe he was the player we should have brought in, even with Kane in the squad, because I think if you've got him and... You know, him and Kane playing in the same team, it gives you so many options and he's proven, isn't he? You know, he is somebody that I think you could rely on to come in and get you at least 15, possibly even maybe 20 goals in a good season. Um, And if you could add those goals to Sonny and Kane, then you know, you're gonna be in a good place in in the goals four column and that also, you know, can help you um rise up that table. So Villa have pulled off a masterstroke there and how they managed to keep that one on the down though the way they did to get that done, um, I, I just don't know because in today's day and age, you know, you'll always hear something breaking about the possibility of a transfer. But This was back to the sort of old days of Teletext, wasn't it, where you hear nothing and suddenly you load up the football page and bang, it's, you know, this player signs for X club. Um, Brilliant signing, completely gutted. Because for me, we should, we should have been going for him, even with Kane staying. But definitely, you know, if we are going to lose Harry, then I would have loved to have seen Ings come in, at least, you know, given his proven ability to score goals. Um, so well played Villa on that one and, and well played the people who managed to keep that on the down low. Well,
1: you're right. It really was the perfect transfer. If only they were all like that. It was a much simpler time back in the day, Carl. But James, we've got a first... Listener's this this question of the season, and it comes from regular contributor Jonathan Williams, and he mentions: Why do Spurs' purchases always have to be so public and protracted? We can't keep quiet about a play until it's done and signed up. Too many fall down and a poach before we snap them up. It doesn't happen to other clubs, and he uses Danny Ings as the new gold standard. I, I,
2: again, it's 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 a very very difficult one. Just just because if you knew the answer to this question, you'd you'd be. <laughs> You'd be a, a very popular boy on on Spurs Twitter, of, of course, because that that's what it comes down to. Um, I I I was of, of the opinion that that this, of, of the same opinion that we just can't do anything. First of all, we can't do anything quietly, and second of all, we can't do anything quickly. Um, you got to look at look at the Romero deal. It's it's almost gone. It almost went past the point of us being excited about it. You know, we were already talking about him as part of the squad. For weeks and weeks and weeks, and, and you kind of lose that excitement element of when it gets announced because you you know it's been in the pipeline, and and then you and then something like Danny Ings happens, and you know that was absolutely baffling because there's in this day and age, you know you you, you expect the journalist to be on it as soon as the player leaves their house that you know they're reporting on where they're going next, and yet Danny Ings was was in a Villa shirt before anyone knew about it, and 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 also look let me let me go back to. I think yeah, it was the, ga- the the day of the game. So so yesterday, and uh, the, the the Martinez news, uh, there's, uh, no one saw that coming, and, and no one had any inside track on that until it until it broke out. Um, and so you know, I, I think there is an element that Tottenham are, are, are just so long and drawn out that that it's bound to get out at some point because it takes just so long. And I think that's that's probably down to. Down to Daniel Levy and his and his negotiations and him trying to get the the very very best deal that he possibly can. Um, but also there are, I think there's there's probably quite a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't know about, um, and we don't know about it until until well, as I say Daniel Levy gets involved in the negotiations and 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 things progress a little bit further. That Martinez news completely took me off my feet. I had no, you know, no one had any idea. Um, and so you never know it, it does make you think you know what else are we are we working on in the background you know we 've been talking about tommy yasu for 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 so long now that that again i, I don 't think I can get excited about that transfer anymore just because it 's been it 's been in the pipeline for so long but if we can if that that news story about um, about Martinez can break so quickly then then why can 't that happen to us as well but you know the question is absolutely right. Why why do they take so long for one, and what why is it so public publicised? And I think we we probably shoot ourselves in the foot a little bit because we we've seen it before where transfers have been kind of taken from under our nose just just because clubs maybe didn't realise that the player was was up for sale or was available, and then and then other clubs have have come in and 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 scuppered it a little bit. I think if if Barcelona had had the had the funds and weren't going through what they're going through this week. I think there's a very good chance that, that they could have come in and, and, and stolen Romero from, from under our noses and that, that would have been really, really difficult. Um, but, you know, we've been linked with a lot of players before and, and had and had the, the very same scenario happen. But um, hopefully it's something that that, that Tottenham will, will change in the future and looking at that Martinez news does give me that glimmer of hope that they are potentially working on things in the background that we don't know about and and they will give us that element of surprise and, and they will kind of land that birthday present in our lap, which will be, uh, you know, a, a, a multi-million pound signing that, that none of us saw coming.
1: Well, Hull, so at the same time, we shouldn't be too negative, should be, because the Don, sorry, the Don, as I should say, certainly busy at present. And I guess the headline move of the past few days is Christian Romero. He's arrived to show up the back line. What do you make of that transfer? And how important is he going to be to the team next season?
3: I'm over the moon, honestly. I can't be dealing with Diane Sanchez constantly. I hope he's implemented straight away. Um, and for it to happen as well, like I said, we needed a centre back for so long. I still think we need another centre back just to strengthen that back line just a bit, a little bit. But yeah, I'm over the moon. And like you said, Don Fabio, he's goaded. Um, the fact that obviously things don't happen as quick as we, as much as we want them to. But going back to what James said about Martinez, I think that's partly because of this director of football. I think he's making Levy slowly. Listen and look at what he's doing to be like, Look, this is the way we need to act in these sort of things. You need to hurry up and learn because it's been going on for far too long. And I'm hoping it's a dawn of a new age at Tottenham and signings. But I'm just happy that we spent some money on something that we've actually needed for a very long time and it's actually signed, sealed, and delivered for once rather than being in the pipeline and then it going a bit flat and, and flushing away. So, no, I'm very excited. I just hope that we hopefully get another centre-back over the line and potentially in another position. But yeah, I'm over the moon with that signing.
1: Carl, when you look at the names that we've been linked with or that we've bought in the last month or so, they're not names that we would be linked with 12 months ago, if we're brutally honest. Now, if we were linked with those names 12 months ago, social media would be ablaze. Who are these players? They're not top tier, etc, etc. So does that point to where we've, I wouldn't say fallen, but regressed slightly as a club and the targets we now have to go to? Or is he simply a new man with new ideas and a new vision?
0: Um, you're hoping it's the fact that obviously, you know, we've got what we kind of wanted, wasn't it? That we, you know, we got a director of football in who would kind of take football matters away from Daniel Levy, possibly, and start looking at the transfers and, and bringing players in with a goal and a kind of ambition as to where you want to go and what sort of football you want to play. Um You know, I'm going to say now and I'm going to be honest with you, the players that we've brought in confirm right now, I've not watched them at all. You know, week in, week out, you see little snippets here and there, you see the odd game. And like with Romero, you know, you've seen snippets and seen him play a couple of times where you think, okay, yep, looks good. Um, But we're yet to see him over a full season. So we've got to hope that he is the real deal and he's going to come in. I think there's a guy say, you know, we need someone else alongside him. We need to kind of strengthen the back four a little bit more. You know, we've still got the right back position, which is a worry. The left side with Regulon, you know, again, is he going to step up again this season? But you'd like to think the new man's coming in with a goal, with a name to, okay, this is the football we want to play. These are the sort of players that we might need to bring in who can, we think can play that sort of football. And yeah, you know, we have to accept right now, as James said earlier, we're not in the prime position to kind of go out and pick players off, are we? You know, the competitions we're in dictate that, you know, not many players want to play in the Europa Conference League. And if you saw some pictures floating around in the week of a team that had to draw their numbers <laughs> on the back of their shirts, that kind of lets you all you need to know about that competition, doesn't it? So yeah, you're not going to go out and attract these the top tier players saying, "Well, we're playing this." you will you still excited, you won't it? We just need to try and get ourselves back in that position fighting for that top four and then obviously you can move up and obviously we need the finances as well to back that up so we need a season with supporters there, hopefully we get something done with the naming rights, obviously if Harry goes then you might be looking at 100 mil there that you can then go and reinvest Problem with that is if Harry goes, that again puts you in a slightly weaker position, doesn't it? Because you've got to try and sell the club when you've just let one of its best players go. So that again means people might sit there and go, well, are you really that ambitious? And with him gone, where are you going to finish? So we've got to hope the new man's coming in. They've got ideas. We've got to hope him and Nuno work well together and that, they've got a game plan and these players being brought in are here to fulfil that game plan. Um, but let's just hope, hope it all works out. I mean, at least for once right now, I'm feeling quite confident that we can beat Barcelona to a signing at the moment, even if they actually want that player.
1: James, when you look at our signings that have come in at the moment, unless you go deep into Serie A and the Liga, they're not names that jump off the page. Now, that's not to do any of them a disservice, but as we kind of said, we are going down a tier in terms of signing. So, I wouldn't go as far as unknown quantities, but again, you know, our knowledge base isn't as high as it would be if they were a Premier League signing, and that's not to be ignorant about foreign football, it's just, I guess, we haven't really got time to watch all these foreign leagues. But with that in mind, are you still waiting for some form of blockbuster signing, someone of a higher calibre? Is there a bigger name still to come, do you you reckon?
2: Um, I I can't really see it happening just just because of, of of where we're at. As you say, you know, I don't think we we can prize anyone away from a Champions League club at the moment. What what I, what I did say on the pod last week was that I'm I'm very confident that we'll be in the Champions League next season. Um, and so you know that's something that that we could you know use to our advantage. But I think if you're a player playing abroad now and you're playing in the Champions League. You you probably hold off and and see how Nuno gets his gets his feet under the table and how he gets his playing and and whether Harry Kane stays because it'll be another massive factor. Um, you know you you the last thing you would want if you were a, a you know a, a player playing Champions League football abroad at the moment um, is is to do you know have a, a Sergio Aguero kind of situation where you. You get talked into it to come into spurs you know this project harry kane's not going anywhere and we're going to try and make the champions league and and then harry leaves then you you kind of let, get left a little bit high and dry in that you've just joined a team and it's lost it's lost such a massive part of it you've lost such a such a good player so i think there will be there'll be signings i'm, I'm fairly confident that there'll be signings i don't think there'll be I think there'll be exciting signings, players that we can, you know, we can get excited about. But I don't think it'll be the kind of blockbuster signing that that you're talking about, Dan. Um, and I just, I think that that is down to the fact that we're not playing in the Champions League. And hopefully, this time next season, we'll be we'll be uh, back where we belong. And uh, you know, we'll we'll be talking about the, the bigger names again, and the bigger names will will be wanting to come to us. You know, the, we talk about the stadium. We talk about the project and we talk about um, you know where where we belong belong and that is and that is playing at the, the, the highest level of, of European football. With I think I think we've got the we've got the squad to do it and 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 I think that if we get the squad playing in the right right way, then there'll be there'll be big names who are who are clamouring to sign for Spurs rather than rather than the other way around. At
1: the same time, Holly, it does seem the axe is being finally wielded by our Don. So, is it good that? The sentiment throughout the squad that has been guilty of being shown over the last couple of years is being removed. And there are names that, shall we say, clinging on for dear life at the moment. Do you reckon there'll be more exits to come in the next few weeks, bar Harry Kane?
3: I think so. I'm quite happy, to be fair. I think LaMaila going, as much as we all say, are oh, the man all the shirt with pride, uh, apart from kebab and people left, right and centre... Um, I think it was quite good to to see him leave. It was also it was almost like we have signed a new player in the sense that we got him out the door. And as bad as that sounds, I think it was long overdue. But yeah, I think it's quite nice to see someone come in and be like, right, we need to this, this, and this done. Because I don't think we've never really had that before. We've just kind of let them, like Danny uh, Rose, for example, just let them rot and waste where we could have just shipped them on earlier and got the done the business done. But I think it's really strange because listening to us all talk, I also think it's. As bad as this may sound and come across, I think it's done us a massive favour, um, nearly slipping off the face of the earth. I think that if that never have happened, and we carried on coasting and got top four. As much as, as lovely as that would have been, I think the cracks would have been even more bigger um, if we carried on being as stale as we were. I think there would have come a point where these cracks would have just opened even bigger than they are already now. So I think the fact that this has happened... At this point right now, the fact we've got a new manager and the fact we've got a DLF in, I don't think this would have happened if this didn't happen before this, in that kind of sense. As strange as that sounds. So, in a way, yes, I think at the time had to come where we had to see these players go. And to your question, to the fact that will more players go? I think so, yes. And we'll see there's rumours that Tanganga um, is kind of holding out for a low move, depending on whether he gets game time. Um, so, that could be quite interesting. And the one floating around that everybody keeps um, winding me up about is Harry Winks, obviously. <laughs> um, so, in terms of Harry Winks, I'd love him to stay, just because it's, it's Harry Winks. But like, there is a part of me that's thinking, yeah, I think your times, your days are numbered, Harry. But, yeah, I think there's still time to shift players out. And I'm hoping there's still time to get some players in. But the days are ticking now. now.
1: Well, there's three weeks or so, but... You'd like to think there's going to be movement. What direction? We're not too sure. But let's talk centre-backs for a few minutes now. Because, Cole, top of the pile when it comes to summer exits is arguably Toby Alderweireld. Now, not the worst centre-back that we had last season, although perhaps a fading force from the standards that he had in previous years. That said, when you're trying to get rid of players or looking to get rid of players, it's more a case of who can you actually ship out rather than who is the worst. And in that case, he's always going to be the most attractive to other suitors.
0: Yeah, this is a difficult one, would not it? Because like as you said at the start then, you know, we we don't know whether Toby had expressed a desire to go and and try something else, you know, we've not heard anything but he may have gone to the club in the summer and said, "Listen, you know, I'd like to go and try something else now, so if you don't mind, if you get an offer, I'll move on." Um if not, the only the only thing here is as much as we loved him and and I think Toby was brilliant for us. You know, he was he was the kind of centre-back that came in. And all of a sudden, I think we really suddenly had that defence that we'd always been craving, hadn't we? You know, where we weren't shipping goals. You had him and Batongan there and it, it was like a brick wall. It was great. But you have to accept as much as we love these players at times, there is a shelf life and there is the eventuality that the guy was you know, kind of fading away and as you say last season although he was still the best of a bad bunch he was starting to show signs of fading you know the pace has gone the decision making sometimes has gone so there is a point where you have to say as much as we all love you and you've been a great servant to the club it's time to move on because the club need to move on and we need to look for the future so i you know There's players I would have liked to have seen go before Toby, you know, 100%. um, You know, you can name him, can't you, Sanchez? I don't think Dyer's got a future, you know, especially not a centre-half. And I would have rather got one of those two out or both of those out before Toby. But at the same time, I wasn't that disappointed because I do think you know if we can get the right replacements in, then I think Toby had probably come to the end of his prime years, and he probably if he'd stayed this season, he probably would have been becoming one of those players that we've been looking at week in week out, going oh he's starting to get caught out a lot and cost us, and then suddenly sometimes that can suddenly you know taint the the, the good memories you have of someone. So I wish him the best of luck. I think it's all about just making sure that the club kind of do the right business to kind of make sure we do replace him the way we need to. But I don't think it was the worst decision in the world, to be honest.
1: Well, James, a lot of people have been clamouring for the departures of Davinson Sanchez and Eric Dyer. But as I kind of alluded to, it's all very well putting those names forward. But if they're not wanted by other clubs, they're kind of stuck, aren't they? So do you see them both being at the club, coming into the transfer window, are either going to start, I mean... For you, who is your centre back pairing? Is it Romero and a new face? Is it Romero and one that we've already got? Because we've got options, but it's kind of not options that make you think, oh yeah, that's going to be a great partnership going forward. So how do you see this all panning out?
2: I um, I I think it all depends on who we can get in. I think um, I, I think if if Nuno can get one more one more centre back in, I think that he potentially would would look at, at moving. One of Dyer and Sanchez on, but if I if I'm if I'm brutally honest, I I don't see us um, bringing any more centre backs in at all. I I think I think it'll be Romero, um, and then I, I think he'll he'll probably do Romero and Dyer. Um, but the 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 centre back pair, pair, pairing that I I think we should be we should be going ahead with is um, is Romero and Roden. I think Joe Roden's just had a really really good Euros. I think he was really good. Um, playing for Wales, he he showed some really really promising stuff. And although I I don't think he's as good a player as 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 a lot of people thought, you know a lot of people saying, you know he's he's going to be the next Ledley King or whatever. I, I I disagree. I don't think he's that good, but I think he's certainly got more potential than 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 Sanchez and Dyer. Um, in terms of the, those two moving on, I I can't see them moving on. Um, personally just because like you say, Dan, I don't think there's many many clubs would be sniffing around them and, and saying, you know, this is a player that I want to bring in. Um and, and I think that that, uh, that Nuno will be quite wary that he needs a bit of experience. He needs players who have at least played in the Premier League and they know what the what the pace of the game's like and they know you know, they've they've got relatively good Premier League experience. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if it was if it was the two of them for quite a lot, quite a while at the start of the season, um, just because obviously Romero is is going to take a little bit of, uh, of getting up to speed. He's obviously not fit at the moment as well, so you've got to take into account his fitness and then getting integrated into the team. Um, and you know he hasn't played in the Premier League before. He hasn't hasn't necessarily played a, a game that's like a style of football like that like Nuno wants to play or like the Premier League. So it might take him a little a little while longer than others to, to hit the ground. So I, I, I if you're asking my prediction, I, I genuinely think it'll be Dyer and Sanchez's first game of the season and I think we'll have to put up with that for a for a while. Um, if it's what I want, then I'd I'd love to see us bring in um, another centre back. I, I know that the the Is it is is on, on the verge of joining West Ham. I think he would have been a good uh, a good sign in. Um but there's there's plenty more there's plenty more talent out there. We could, if we wanted to go out there and find another new centre back, but I, I I just think it it would probably be not sensible and it would be unrealistic to expect us to go out and get another centre back and expect two centre backs who have never played together to in a league that they've never played in to 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 you know be able to to assert that partnership in the in the first same month of the Premier League season. Um, so so I, I can't see it happening. So, um, Dyer, Dyer and Sanchez against Man City is uh is my prediction, and I think it could be an interesting one. But on that, I think you know, if, if I you know, if I might quickly add, I think they had a very good game together yesterday. Um, I think obviously they they didn't have too much to deal with. I think Lacazette was probably Arsenal's best player, but um. I think they 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 played well. Um, there was a lot of good touches in there. Sanchez, especially, you know, didn't didn't make the rash decisions that he he does make sometimes. And if they can play more often like they played yesterday, um, then I think we'll have less less of an issue.
1: Okay, let's move on to Undumbele now. Holly, I'm going to go to you. What do you do with a former Leon man? Because there's absolutely no way you're getting sixty million pounds for him. Why that was sanctioned in the first place, who knows? But it's done, so we need to deal with it. Now, there's every chance that he could just stick out his contract, be an absolute nuisance and go for free. Let's say that the Don has given you his phone for the afternoon, you're in charge of the transfers and Monaco have rung you and they've said, 30 million holes, what are you doing? Stick or twist?
3: Oh, I think I'd have to just send him out the door. I'd have to twist him. I I think the thing is, although we're very patient as fans, we were with Sissoko, So Sokó for me now has fallen off the cliff again, and I think sadly the fact that there's glimpses of him is just not consistent. And I just I don't know for sixty million whether that's that's good enough. And it's so frustrating because there's a player in there he just doesn't want to put his all on the on the pitch. And I think for me a player has to give it their all, no matter who they're playing, what the opposition is. You need to give your all, and sixty million you need to push your worth because quite. Clearly, obviously, there was rumours that he was supposed to play in the Arsenal game, but he obviously wasn't involved anyway. So I'm not really too sure what's going on behind the scenes again. So I think if I was Don Fabio, so to speak, I think you try and push for, for a move out. Because like you said, if he carries on with his contract and we don't really see anything come of it, we've, we've taken a long time for him to adjust. I think we're going to be losing out again. And can we afford to lose that again that's the thing do we just cut our losses and be like right, okay it hasn't worked out we'll have to ship him off and get some money in to maybe implement the squad a bit further I think just for him to sit there and not even want to play in a pre-season game for me just isn't really enough so I'd sadly have to twist it but it'll probably come and bite me on the bum to be honest
1: Well as you say there's a player there somewhere there's always that danger that a new move he's revitalised and everyone goes oh that's the Indumbele that Spurs should have got but you know that's football at the same time though Cole It's season three for him at Spurs and you look at this and you're just thinking, what a bust. You know, you can't even get into a new team under a new manager at the moment. I know it's pre-season, so the context is a little bit lacking, but it doesn't bode well for him or for us, does it?
0: No, and Ndombele one of these weird players, isn't he? Because he, has, he seems to have this Twitter cult, doesn't he, of people who seem to think he's the world's best thing since sliced bread. And those of us that are questioning him are absolutely mad. And you just kind of wonder what their football knowledge is, because I, I want to see something on the pitch, you know. I, I, over the course of three seasons, have him maybe... 10, 20 minutes worth of decent decent stuff. For me, for £60 million, I want a lot more than that, you know. And, you know, as much as we hate, as much as there's a lot of people that have turned on Harry Kane right now, if you deliver the way that guy is delivered, you might question, you might be able to question how he goes about stuff, but you can't question the guy's quality. Um, we've not seen the sort of quality that makes Ndombele a £65 million player. You have to question who potentially was scouting him, and you know you'd like to think they do some you know decent background checks and stuff like that on players if you're going to shell that sort of money out, and you know you know when you look at the sort of Alex Ferguson, you know he was saying wasn't he, it wasn't just what the guy is like on the pitch, it was what's his mentality like off the pitch as well as on it, and whoever did their research on Ndenbele, um, clearly has dropped the ball because the guy is there and he just clearly isn't somebody who wants it enough. Nuno's come out and said, does not he? He was available to play, we just didn't pick him. Then he comes out with this thing about, you know, we don't think he's in the right state fitness-wise. Well, pre-season games are for fitness, so when better? do you get the guy in the side so if a manager's not prepared to pick a bloke when the whole point of a game that you're about to play is for fitness you do have to have some serious question marks about well where is this guy mentally we all know he's just had a baby and great good stuff and yep, you can have some time off you know and be with your wife and be with the child and everything like that of course you can but the guy's just nowhere near it and, and this is not just this summer is it since he joined the blokes nowhere near it I mean I've seen tankers turn quicker <laughs> than he gets up after a challenge you know I mean I'm surprised he probably hasn't got up from the challenge Dyer gave him in that you know open training session yet we've got to see more as Holly said you see little bits in there that make you go oh well, yeah you know this There does look like there is a really good player in there but that has to be backed up now with some fitness, desire to play, showing some passion. Every clip you see of him, he's like lolloping about, isn't he? Like some, you know, it's it's like when you see those clips of walking football. You know, these old blokes walking around the pitch, and that's just what Undenbelle looks like. You've got to see something from him now. This is the third season. I'm not buying this transitioning and still getting used to the league and everything like that. I don't buy it. Good players come in and they're good players from day one, you know, whether it's Italy, England, you know, you come in and if you're a good footballer, you're a good footballer. It doesn't matter where you where you are. Yes, there can be other things about settling and trying to find houses and that, but you still on the pitch can deliver. Um, I think this is the guy's last chance, you know, if he doesn't start the season well then I can see that there's going to be, you know, looking around to see if you can offload him. And the question is, as we were saying, I think with a player like that, you've got to make a decision early because the longer it goes, the less chance you're going to get to recoup some decent money. For me, if, they were, if they'd if they made their mind up about Belly now, I'd be looking to offload him right now because you could probably still get 30 to 40 million for him from someone. And I'd just be saying, listen, yes, we're going to take a loss, but that's just get this guy off the books. That's get some money in that can help us replace him because he's a lost cause. But we've just got to hope he can start the season well. And who knows, maybe if he does get off to a good start, that will ignite him. We've seen we you know we've seen a good couple of games here and there, but we need to see more from this guy. I don't think anyone wants him to foul. But you've got to also see the passion from the player to show that he actually does want to be a success. And I think that's the thing with Ndombele. You just don't see a player that's got that desire.
1: Right, that's all the transfer chat for this week. Let's focus on the football, which is coming up this weekend. Now, James, you were our man on the ground yesterday for the Mine series against that lot down the road. After watching that game and also seeing us come from 2-0 down against Chelsea a few days before... Are you a bit more confident when it comes
2: to facing City on Sunday? Um, I think if we weren't facing City, then I'd potentially be a bit more confident. Um, I think you know, even if we were coming up against a Chelsea or uh, or even a Liverpool, maybe a United, I think I think I, I'd be a lot more confident having seen what I've seen. I think there were some really really promising performances. Like I said, I think Steyer and Sanchez actually, you know, played played very well. Tanganga was absolutely fantastic. I think he's. He's played himself out of Turkey and into into the starting eleven. For for me, he was he was that good. Just hope that knock that he picked up obviously wasn't wasn't as serious. Um, Oli Skip is again is another the same as Tanganga. I think he he potentially could have been maybe heading back out on a loan, maybe to a Premier League team. But he he's got a start in 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 my team. He was he's again he's been absolutely fantastic. The energy that he provides. Um, and then, and then Sonny, you know, Sonny's actually, you know, every played his way to everyone's hearts. He's he's absolutely fantastic player, and he and he clearly lost the club. And um, I think if, if if these kind of players were coming up against some, you know, someone else in the Premier League, I'd I'd be happier and I'd I'd feel a bit more confident. But the fact that we are coming against that Man City team with, um, you know, so much talent. It, it it does scare me. Um, I, th- I think obviously Dyer and Sanchez had a, had a good game, but the, the the attacking players that they've got and the, the clever players that they've got, I feel like they'll they'll be able to to pick that lock relatively easily. Um, and then you've also got to take into account, you know, you, you Jack Grealish, who who is going to be coming into this game with with a point to prove. Whether he starts or not, he's he's going to be looking to make a difference, and then every everyone everyone else who who is going to pull on the city shirt is going to be playing for their place as well because they've they've you know they've obviously brought in a very very good player. So if you're Mares, if you're Sterling, if you're Jesus, then you're, you're then you you know you're doing everything you can to keep keep Grealish out the, off the pitch, and then and then when Grealish does does inevitably get, get on, he, he will be he'll be trying to prove a point as well, and and I think they're they're an absolute. Ridiculous team, you know the amount of talent they've got in that side is is it's it's almost disheartening um, because you know it, it does feel like they're potentially going to walk the league again um, because of of the the team that they've already got and then the investments that they've made. Um, but you know, there's also an element of of okay, it's it's the first game of the season. They weren't they weren't obviously brilliant against Leicester, a, a much changed side. Um, they there's, again, Grealish hasn't played in this team it's a new team for him um, it, there might be quite a few changes it's not going to be a, a familiar team for City and they won't have really found their stride yet they won't have hit the ground running yet so let's just hope that they, they have a bit of a slow start At Spurs can can do what we do and maybe nick one on the break Um, And, uh, yeah, I'd be a lot more confident if it wasn't City. But um, the fact that it is City means that I'm not expecting very much from this game, unfortunately.
1: That's right. On that note, then, let's do predictions. Holly, I'll start with you. I know you're nearly falling asleep, so I won't keep you too much longer. But what have you got for me for Sunday?
3: That's right. I'm still alive and kicking just about. Um, It's a tough one. I don't want to drag it out too long. I just think with that pressure riding on them, I know they've been in countless finals, but... I don't know. Maybe we will, like James says, just nick one and hopefully that'll do the business with Sonny. So I'm going to go super optimistic because obviously with the Euros and everything, I was buzzing and I want to be buzzing for the start of the season. So I'm going to put a massive spanner in the works and hope it's true. I'd like to say we I mean, necessarily nick it one nil. Now that, that's probably been very optimistic, but who knows in the world of football.
1: There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, Holly. Carl, what have you got for me, mate?
0: Uh, I think it's a good time to play City. You know, these first season games, you know, can often throw up some odd results. I'm going to go a 1-1 draw for this one. I think, you know, I don't read too much into pre-season games, uh, no matter who they're against, you know, because I remember when we beat Roma 5-0 and I was going down to the bookies putting money on a title challenge uh, to be proved (laughs) massively wrong, and we were bottomed (laughs) after the first eight games. Um, So, yeah... You know, there's been some good moments in pre-season, but I'll go 1-1 because I think this is a perfect time to play a big side like City before they start to get into their stride and everyone gets settled. So I think we'll nick a point.
1: OK, James, there was a sense of pessimism in your tone a moment ago, but what have you got for me?
0: Yeah, unfortunately,
2: I'm not feeling too optimistic. Um I think it won't be as as bad as as maybe I first made out. I think uh, I think we'll, it'll be a, a two one to City. Um, I think yeah, I, I think they'll have too much quality for us going forward. Um, and but with with the impact of of having sixty thousand there and uh, and the place is going to be absolutely rocking. So I think I think we will nick one. Um, but unfortunately, it'll just be uh, just be that little bit too much. And I think City have, have probably got the defenders to be able to shut up shop. Uh, as well, when when they when they need to, um, so it, it there will be you know it, it won't be it won't be discouraging, but it, it won't be a win for Spurs. Unfortunately, that's that's what I'm going to go with.
1: Okay, then I'm going to bring it back up a notch. I'm going to go for a two-all draw. I'm going to pretty much copy Carl's homework, but I just feel there'll be more goals. I think because City have got goals for days, and obviously our centre back period could be a bit iffy. But you never know; Sun might turn it on. He always turns it on against City, actually. So yeah, I'm going to go for a Desmond, a two-two. So hopefully James is wrong and we can get something from that because we kind of need a good springboard to get going. So we'll see who's right and who's wrong next Monday. So before I wrap up this show, I need to do the admin. And that's as simple as thanking my three pod squad members. Holly, I hope you enjoyed that one. And I'm looking forward to the season ahead. And of course, you'll join us on the show throughout the season.
3: Yeah, definitely. It was good to get some minutes under my belt. I've forgotten um, what time it is as well. So that's a this too. But no, thank you very much for inviting me on.
1: Not a problem. Always a pleasure, Holly. And James, a great run-out tonight again as you are approaching match fitness for the campaign ahead.
2: Yeah, always good. Uh, great to be back chatting, chatting talking with you guys uh, and hopefully you'll be back again next week.
1: And, Carl, thanks for running the channels as always and wearing that captain's armband.
0: No worries. I say great talking football with you guys and I say, I think we're now ready in prime. So let's hope we can get off to a good start and get this season going the way we hope it should do.
1: Fantastic. And with that said, it just leads me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. And until next time, come on, you Spurs.
0: For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App
2: Store and Google Play.